If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening and happy Old Timers Day to all my fellow Yankee fans out there, with the exception of the final score today against Houston, (laughs) and welcome to episode two of the Yapping Yankees podcast where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. I am your host, Mike Scudero, here with you on this stunning Sunday evening, June 23rd, 2019. What a lovely day it is outside, and what a lovely day it was for Old Timers Day. Lots of legends coming back, and despite the despite the final score of the game against Houston today, there's still a lot of positives to take away, along with how good the team has been doing lately in general, so there's no need to really focus on the negative of losing today. But there are also tons of positives, and not just because of the Yankees, but because of this podcast. I'll tell you what, because I have to tell you, last Sunday... This podcast debuted, of course, it was the first episode last Sunday, June 16th, and the positivity that I've gotten from it has been overwhelming. Yankees Twitter has been so good to me in supporting it, listening to it, and telling me that they absolutely loved it. I honestly did not get one ounce of negative feedback about last week's show, and that is a huge relief to me. Because if you listen to the show, you know how important it is to get this project off the ground for me and how long I've been wanting to do it. And how much I've been obsessing over wanting it to sound good. And yet I released the episode last week and it just, and and it honestly did just that. So I'm so, so happy over that. And I want to thank you so much if you listened last week and gave me any ounce of positive feedback. It really, it, it helps things, trust me. When you're a content creator and you try to put your content out there and you have a good time doing it, you know, it really, really helps to hear that people are enjoying it and you're getting listens. Got over 70 people listening last week, which exceeded my expectations for the first episode. I, I was I was going to be grateful if even hit, if it even hit 50, honestly. But then, like right when I uploaded it, it, was I remember I uploaded it to SoundCloud. And right when I started promoting it on Twitter, because Twitter was the first social media platform I hit up first. And I uploaded it, and right away, I, I, I remember right when I uploaded it, it jumped to like eight listens, like right away. I was like, wow, <laughs> that, that was sudden. <laughs> so... It was beyond awesome, and, and and I got DMs in support of how great it was, and just replies to tweets I put out about it, especially even when I promoted it the next day, in case people had missed the promoting of it the day prior, you know, when it came out on Sunday, I put it out there again on Monday for those that may not have seen the tweets, and I got positive feedback after that. So really, just thank you so, so much for the overwhelming positive support of the podcast. It's really, it's it's awesome. The over 70 listens and the tons of feedback I got from followers on Twitter, a few people on Instagram and Facebook, and also tons of personal friends and family as well. It's just been really, really awesome. And it made me that much more motivated to put on another episode. I mean, because last week was really fun. I mean, I came on I came on the podcast saying, hey, you know, this podcast is going to be as long as it has to, you know, because... I don't believe in having a timer on podcasts. You know, it it's here. You're, you're at free reign. You can do whatever you want. And honestly, I'm here to talk Yankees and have a great time. So I'm not limiting myself to any specific time. And, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, time is up. Got to go. You know, not going to do that. 
I did that on college radio for four years, and while I loved that, you know, I loved college radio, but the, the free reign of having a podcast is really a wonderful thing, and I don't want to be limited to time. If I'm having a great time, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but I still stick by what I said the week prior. I still expect this podcast to maybe be, I don't know, anywhere from like 20 to 30 minutes on the regular. Sometimes it'll go over, sometimes it'll go under. Who knows? We're here to have a good time, not to time it, Right. So obviously a lot going on this past weekend on this podcast as well, but before we get we go any further, I do want to give a shout out to Team Left Jab United Radio Network featuring my podcasts on their radio network. Now please check out Team Left Jab by Sam. He's a really, really good guy. I am also featured on his podcast. He's had me numerous times as a guest on there talking Yankees, Mets, Major League Baseball as a whole, WWE. It's really, really fun. So go check out Team Left Jab. They have a lot of guests on, and they basically cover nearly every sport. So really, Sam does a great job over there. They do a great job over at Team Left Jab, so check them out. My podcasts will also be featured on there from now on as well, on top of SoundCloud. And speaking of what the show has been doing lately, not only has it been added to Team Left Jab, and it's on SoundCloud, but also, you know, I also got a few recommendations from some people. About, you know, where this podcast could go. And, and yeah, I, I addressed that last week as well. I did get a recommendation saying, oh, maybe you should have another person on the show. Even though th- this this person that told me, you know, that gave me this little critique was saying, you know, you did sound great on your own. But also, you know, me personally, I like hearing a multi-person show. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting take. I usually like that. I Me personally, I could listen to solo or multi-person talk shows. I really don't mind. But that's me. But I might, it might change into that, and also, you know, I also got recommendations of having guests on eventually, and I definitely anticipate on having guests on, without a doubt. It's just, you know, this podcast is still getting off the ground, want to just have a little bit of fun with it, just me and you alone, and just see where it goes from there. And as it develops and grows, then I'll start trying new things out and do other things. Maybe phone calls, maybe just guests over Skype, I, we'll see what happens, we will see. Or maybe add another host to it. We will see what happens. I'm not sure yet. We'll see as the show grows. For now, we're just taking it week by week and having a good time. That sound good? Well, it, it better because that's what you're getting. <laughs> but, but for now, still, if you do want to communicate with me, I didn't promote this enough after the show, so I will do it more this week, definitely. But if you do want me to address your questions, comments, concerns, anything, again, I will reiterate, as I did on last week's show, you can DM me on Twitter. I answer DMs. I'm open to receiving DMs. I got many of them telling me how good the show was last week. So if you want to ask me a question or have me address a comment of yours on, on this podcast and have it heard or whatever, you can contact me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. If you don't already follow me, go ahead and DM me your question, comment, concern, and I will address it on this podcast. I did not receive any except for just positive feedback. So I will not be, you know, answering or addressing anything as far as that. But I do want to give a shout out to the one main guy that gave me the positive feedback right away after the show up. There are many, many others, and I'll and I'll name them as time goes along. But at TB Yankees fan, his name is Thomas. Gave me really, really good feedback on the show. Said I sounded great. Had a good discussion about it. Jimmy from the Bronx gave me a good response about it. At Jimmy twenty seven Bronx NY. And a lot of my other friends on Twitter have given me a lot of support as well. Of course, Team Left Jab gave, Left Jab gave me a lot of uh, feedback as well. My good friend Matt O'Leary, at Matt O'Leary NY, 
my friend Tyler at Copy Ninja One. A lot, a lot, a lot of people. It, the list goes on, and I will continue to give shoutouts as shows go along, of course. But for now, I do just want to thank you. If I did not mention your Twitter handle, or if I did not mention your name at all, just know that I do appreciate your feedback, nonetheless. I really, really do. It's really appreciated, and it motivates. It motivates a person that creates content to keep on going. So trust me, none of it is ignored or unheard. It's all seen. And again, if you just want to talk to me, just DM me on Twitter. I don't bite. I promise. At Mike Scudero. Just send me a message. <laughs> I don't mind at all. But for today, so, so much to talk about. First off, we're going to just recap the week because that's really the one thing I want to do here on the Yapping Yankees podcast each and every week because I do it once a week, every Sunday. And usually, you know, Sunday's the wrap-up of the week. That's it. New week upcoming, past week is done. So just recap what's been going on throughout the week. So, of course, other than today, when the Yankees lost 9-4 to to Houston today, and their eight-game winning streak ended, and and Houston's seven-game seven losing streak ended, well, as you could hear, the Yankees won eight games in a row, so you must assume the last week things have been pretty going pretty damn well. And you would be correct in assuming that. Because ever since the final two games in the White Sox series, that White Sox series started out real rough for the Yankees, as we discussed on last week's show, because on last week's show, the 10-3 game that the Yankees won, the final game of that series, we were talking about that last week. And then the Yankees came home to face the Rays for three games. They swept them, which was humongous, because at the start of that series... The Yankees were only a half a game up in first over Tampa, and things were really, really close. And it was nerve-wracking. I was like, oh my god, this division is still so close for first place. It, it Like, it's not budging. <laughs> you know, it's just the Yankees and Tampa were, were flipping first place constantly, back and forth and back and forth, with Boston starting to catch up a little bit, gaining some ground. Had a lot of Yankee fans on Yankee Twitter really, really anxious. But then the Yankees did their job. When they came home, they faced Tampa. They needed to gain ground. They did just that. They swept them, went three and a half games up. Then Houston came to town. And now the Astros, despite dealing with their injuries, obviously Correa, Springer, Colin McHugh, and also Lance McCullers Jr., who has Tommy John and is done for the year, they have their fair share of injuries. They do. And, and you know, namely, of course, Correa and Springer. Those are two huge injuries for the Astros. But they still have plenty of talent and plenty of good players. They should still be able to make their way. I mean, you would assume. Not really much in this series, though, with the exception of today's game. Because the first game, the Yankees were able to win 10-6. They just jumped out right in front. The Astros were able to get runs on the board, of course. But the Yankees more than held on. Then on Friday's game... The Yankees were able to win 4-1. to Offense doing their job yet again. And then yesterday, which yesterday was a crazy game. The back and forth in yesterday's game being Saturday's game. The one in which the Yankees won 7-5. This game was absolutely wild. And John Carlos Stanton shut a lot of his haters up. And speaking of Stanton, as we know, Stanton and Judge returning this week. And this episode's name will definitely be winning and more returns. Returns being Judge and Stanton because you know the Yankees have been having their big guys coming back lately, which is definitely big news. And Stanton made his presence felt yesterday. 
because he put the Yankees in the lead twice, not once, twice. And he saved what was a an utterly horrible choke job by Jonathan Holder, yet again, who has been just abysmal at this point. I mean, there is no more defending Jonathan Holder. I saw one or two tweets addressing on Twitter saying that someone or maybe a couple of people on Yankees Twitter, maybe these analytical these analytical people, claiming that Holder in ways is better than Ottavino. If you think that, not only do I want you on follow me on Twitter if you happen to be following me, but just don't listen to the show. It is an utterly ridiculous statement. The difference between the two lies in yesterday because Jonathan Holder imploded in the seventh. Then Ottavino came in in the eighth, and although he started, and I, by the way, Ottavino, not Ottavino. <laughs> no squiggly line over the N, commentators on Fox, which I'll get to momentarily. But Jonathan Holder imploding in the seventh, Adam Ottavino coming in in the eighth, doing his job despite with a rough start. That's the difference between the two. Not only the massive gap in ERAs, of course, that's only one thing. But don't even bother. Don't even think about comparing the two. Don't even. But Giancarlo put them in the lead before Jonathan Holder's implosion and then put them in the lead afterwards when they were down 5-4. to four. Of course, Austin Romine tied the game with a big clutch home run to right field right away to start off the seventh. And then Giancarlo came up later in the inning with another two-run single. He had two two-run singles on the day. And then the Yankees would end up holding on after a very nerve-wracking Zach Britton ninth inning with the bases loaded and two outs. I believe it was Tyler White he got to line out to judge in right field to end the game. So the Yankees would come in today looking for the sweep. But before we get to that, now I gave a little insight on Jonathan Holder, which I'm not done with him yet. Because I'm going to pair him with my rant about Hap. But I'm going to start on another rant right now. There were no rants on last week's podcast, which I didn't really I didn't really want to have one because I didn't want the show to start off on like an angry negative note or whatever, but a part of my content is definitely ranting. And you're going to get a feel for it now, you know, in you know, I gave a little taste of it ranting about how the commentators were mis- mispronouncing Ottavino's name last night. But we're going to get even more into it now because this this has really gotten on my nerves. Now, I just want to, and I put this tweet out on Twitter, got a lot of attention, 50 favorites, bunch of retweets, comments, all that, quoted tweets, but I want to say this again. There have been on, and even on the Yes Network even, but there have been commentators booths that I've been critical towards at times, namely Matt Vaskersian, Jessica Mendoza, and Alex Rodriguez on ESPN. I put out a genuine apology to them on Twitter last night after what I heard on Fox because I just couldn't I I couldn't believe what I was hearing on this network I was so close to muting it and putting on John and Susan multiple times not just once but what I heard on this network the commentating it was brutal nothing short of brutal and it was name, It was mainly because of A.J. Pierzynski, who I never liked as a person, as a player, and now I don't even like him as a commentator. Because I knew he wasn't that great at commentating prior to this, but after last night, I, I, I just was beside myself. 
Not not only were his comments just totally were utterly useless sometimes, or wrong one or the other on multiple occasions. One of them being on the catcher's interference. I believe, I believe he said it works against Judge. I don't I don't think that's how it works. And he was going on and on about that. And then when Gio Urshela hit a two-run homer to right field, the short porch comments. I mean, why? Why the short porch? I, I know I know people can't help themselves at the Yankee Stadium right field short porch. I know. I know. But what I'm going to say right now is it, no matter what team you root for, I don't care who you, you root for the Yankees or whoever else, this stadium, and this is at A.J. Pruszynski and anybody else that bothers to talk about this too, this stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, has been up since 2009. It's 10 years. And the short porch comments are just as strong now or stronger than they were from 2009 now. In 2019, they are just as bad or worse. You would think that people start to be able to live with the short porch after so long. But after 10 years... It remains, even from the commentator's booth, A.J. Pruszynski, with the short porch jab. Let me tell you this. Complain all you want. It's not going to move the fences in. And plus, I know that you short porch complainers have probably heard this to no end, but it's the truth. The fence does not move back for your team. It's always at 314 and right. It's at 314 for the opposition. And it's at 314 for the Yankees. All right? And that's just dead down the right field line. A little deeper, of course, as it heads towards right center field, of course. So stop with this already. It's exhausting. I mean, every every single time a short porch home run is hit, I go right on Twitter and say, cue the whining. And then guess what? Not only did I get whining from Twitter, but I heard whining from the commentator's booth. A.J. Pierzynski, you're on a national broadcast. You're supposed to be objective. And I know that you're allowed to do these little jabs. There's no laws in broadcasting other than, you know, on national television, of course, can't curse and things like that. But honestly, you really have to keep on jabbing like that? And then Josh Reddick put one into the first few rows shortly after that. No comment on that. It's, it's ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous that these comments towards the short porch 10 years later, just as consistent or worse as they were in 2009 when the stadium first opened. You would think that people learned to get over it, but evidently not. And the best part about it is that it is when other fans of other teams that also have short fences in their stadiums go on about it. Uh, You know, I rant about this often on Twitter because it's just beyond irritating. Red Sox fans, stop coming at the Yankees and their fans about the right field short porch when you have your little pesky pole around there in right field. Remember Dwight Smith Jr.'s home run for the Orioles earlier in the season? Barely went over 300 feet, and it was into the first few rows in right field. The Astros, other than that little tall wall in left field, that's not that deep either. Just a couple of examples for you. 
Even Tampa, if you look right down their left field line when they have that little wall, the tiny, tiny wall, dead down the left field line, 315 with that little wall. If you shoot it right down there, easy, right over the wall, 315 home run. There are dimensions all around baseball that are hitter-friendly. And Yankee Stadium's short porch in right field is just another example. So get over it. If the Yankees can take advantage of the short porch, so can your team. It's part of the game. And also, I did mention this on Twitter as well. Enough with the stupid statistic with, oh, this is a home run in this out of this many out of 30 ballparks. Who cares? If I'm watching the Yankee game, or if I'm even if I'm watching a Red Sox game, I I don't care what I'm watching. If a home run is hit in that stadium, and if if the dimensions of the ballpark are a little friendly towards that home run and help it get out easier, and you show me a stadium, why would I care what other stadiums it would be a home run in? All I care about is if it's a home run in the stadium we're playing in or not. So if a ball just happens to scoot right over the right field short porch in Yankee Stadium, why would I care if it's a home run in Cincinnati? It's a home run in Yankee Stadium. That's all I care about. So I just had to jab at that little statistic too. Who cares? Useless information. Just like a lot of what A.J. Pierzynski was spouting out last night. And even though I've had my gripes against, again, like I said earlier, Alex Rodriguez and Jessica Mendoza and, and Matt Vasgersian's broadcasts, really the only criticisms I've had of ESPN before where sometimes I feel it focuses too much on A-Rod. And also they play a lot of interviews and tapes and things like that, and it distracts you from the game. Just a few things, a few gripes I've had with ESPN, but last night, the lack of enthusiasm, the useless information, and the utter stupid talking that I heard completely outmatched ESPN as far as bad broadcasting. So I just had to address that, and I know I'm not the only one. There was, there was a remarkable amount of people on Twitter last night ranting about the broadcast throughout all hours of the game. So I know it's not just me feeling this way. So I just had to attack that a little bit. Now, on to today's game. I'm going to tackle today's game before I do the old-timers game, because obviously there's a lot to get to with that. But today's baseball game, I'll group in those rants and Holder with Jay Happ today. Now, before I get into this game, you should know, as a Yankee fan, do not, honestly, do not be concerned about today's loss. The Yankees had just won eight in a row. If you're overly excited or overly angry about today's loss, yes, I get your starting pitcher allowing eight runs is never fun to look at. I was upset too. But as far as the Yankees' overall position... And as far as the Yankees' overall status the last week or so, you have to lose eventually. You can't win them all. The Yankees came into today, into old-timers day, with an eight-game winning streak. That's really good. And the Astros came in with a seven-game losing streak. That's really bad. (laughs) And both streaks are going to snap eventually. And it just happened to today. And honestly... It would make sense on today of all days if it is going to to snap on both sides. Because look at the pitching matchup. Justin Verlander against Jay Happ. I think we all know who was going to win the game. And it was pretty evident right away. There was no time wasted at all. 
I mean, y- this game started. Jay Happ, first batter of the game. First batter. Jose Altuve, bing, right to left field, gone. one nothing. It only got worse from there. Before you knew it, it was 4 nothing, And then before you knew it, it was 8 nothing. After a grand slam by Tyler White. And Jay Happ is getting the crap boot out of him. While this is all happening. While also giving up numerous other base hits throughout, of course. And of course, getting heavily booed on his way out of the game after being removed for Luis Sessa, who, honestly, other than just a home run, a solo shot, it really did not have a bad outing at all. He ate up innings. That, that was his job today. But this game itself, as far as the overall status of the Yankees lately, do not, do not be overly angry. They still won the series, th- series three out of four. They're just getting off an eight-game winning streak, which is extraordinary. This has been a magical week for them as far as the AL Eastern Division standings. As I mentioned earlier, remember what I said. This week started once they left Chicago. This week started, and the Yankees were only up by a half a game over Tampa. Now today, after this loss, it looks like Tampa's getting ready to win because as this podcast is being recorded... The Tampa Bay Rays are playing right now. Last time I checked, they were winning 8-1. to one. So it looks like they're winning. So after today, if, when they do seal this win up against the Oakland A's, they'll be 4.5 back. They were 5.5 coming into today. Which, for only having a half a game lead starting the week, is pretty damn incredible. And one could argue the Yankees have even a bigger break coming in after being done with a tough team like Houston because the Toronto Blue Jays are coming into town for three games. And then the Yankees are heading off to London to face the Red Sox. So there are only going to be five games this coming week until I talk to you next week, next Sunday. The Yankees are going to have two days off on Thursday and Friday, travel days to London. It's, it's you know, it's to be expected and, and, of course, understandable. And they'll play the Red Sox twice on Saturday and Sunday. I believe the Saturday game, Eastern time, is going to be at one ten. And the Sunday game is going to be at 10-10, I believe, or 10 a.m., you know, around that time. So, other than that, today's game, do not be overly upset over it. Still won the series, incredible win streak, good standings in the division. With that being said, I am going to group you, Mr. Hap, in with Jonathan Holder by saying my patience is nearly at zero with you. It's at zero with Holder. Especially with the people saying that in certain aspects, Holder is better than Ottavino. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. It's absolutely incredible. I don't, you know I could give stats. I give stats all the time. You, I don't need to even give statistics to address that kind of stupidity. I'm, I'd be wasting my time. But, J-Hap was nothing short of a train wreck today. I mean, right when the game started, you looked at the matchup, Yankees giving certain people like Stanton off, and, and Stanton's had his, had his success against the Astros in the past. And you just look at the matchup, Jay Happ against Justin Verlander, who of course has done so well against the Yankees these last couple of years, and you just have a feeling, you're like, this is probably not going to last. And it didn't. So the, the Yankees did end up losing 9-4. But they kept their consecutive home run streak going up to 26 now as that historic streak is continuing on. And also another streak that has continued on. They did not get shut out today. So those streaks continue on. That's good. All thanks to DJ LeMahieu, who just continues to just mash the baseball and increase his batting average with runners in scoring position for the best in the league right now. 
And DJ LeMayu has certainly been an, an, an MVP of this team. There's no doubt about it at all. But it wouldn't be enough, as then Judge would would drive in a run later on with an RBI ground out to make it 9-4, and that would be the score that the Yankees end up losing by. So while today's game was, diffi- was difficult to watch, of course, because it was just a, a murder scene early on, thanks to Jay Happ, the rest of the series and the homestand at large through seven games, Yankees 6-1, and one, this homestand now, has been very, very good to watch, and they've been playing very, very well. But Jay Happ and Jonathan Holder... Holder's ERA, I believe, is now over 5. And Hap is hovering around 5 as well. These two guys... I mean, Holder has his moments, sure. But more or less, I am so uneasy when he comes into games. And he, he, he needs to get away from close games. Just enough with the Holder fetish. Even when he was doing well in the earlier part of the year... I feel like in almost all games, there was like a fetish with him. They just put him in. Just Jonathan Holder, put him out there. No. (laughs) Please no. And J-Hap, of course, we know he's had his good starts this year, even though they've come in few numbers, very little. But but still, J-Hap has been more down than up. There's no doubt about that. But he has been up and down. And when he is down, he is like under the ground down, along with his trade value. Because I saw a lot of people saying, get, uh, you know, my brother even said, get rid of Jay Happ for this guy and that guy. I told my brother, I said, hey, listen, Thomas, I hate to tell you, but Jay Happ's trade value is probably underground right now, so that's not going to work, especially with the money he's making. Are you kidding me? So, it, it, again, Jay Happ is just, it, he didn't have anything today. The fastball was not good. The off-speed stuff was not good. In the dirt, unintimidating. He got some lucky chases with fastballs up and away. I don't know why, you know, those are chased after. They they really, they don't look that tough to lay off sometimes. I guess they have some life on them, those fastballs. But whatever the reason may be, he just didn't have it today. He was a train wreck, as he has been for most of the year. He has been absolute garbage. And... A couple of my ranting tweets about the game today really were not about the game or saying, oh, the Yankees need to win every game. This is unacceptable. You know, you would know just from what I've been saying, you know, they're going to lose eventually, that I was not angry about the game itself nearly as much. I was just angry about Hap. Not because he's been awful this year, but also because he has made my, the only take, the only bad take I've had look atrocious. If you listen to me on college radio, and I was talking about the Yankees and coming into this year and what offseason moves were good and what offseason moves were bad and defending or going against what certain people on Twitter were saying. I came out in heavy defense of Gary Sanchez. That's come out real well so far. I was in heavy defense of the LeMahieu signing. That is great. I mean, it's been more than great. I was a big advocate for acquiring Adam Adovino. That has been great. All, pretty much everything has been great, except what I said in the offseason, saying that J, bringing back J-Hap was a good decision. God, do I look like an idiot for saying that. And one thing that you will get from me, always, is honesty. I will always come on this podcast and be upfront and straight with you about what I've been correct about and what I've been wrong about. And boy, do I have to tell you, I have been, I have never, ever been wrong about anything in this life about baseball almost more than I've been wrong about J-Hap. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? 
Other than the postseason start against Boston last year, I, I thought it was going to be a good move to bring him back. In the second half, he was near unstoppable. 7-0. ERA in the mid-twos. I, I, w- oh, my God. It looks awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is just absolutely horrendous. Awful. I, I just, I I don't know what else to say. It's been, it's been an awful coming to of defense for, I, I can't believe I defended it. And for the money, it's painful. <laughs> I'm even a Giancarlo Stanton defender. I hear sometimes he doesn't come in in the clutch. He certainly did yesterday. But I, I'm still in defense of someone that has 38 and 100 and, you know, and goes out there and, and, and is considered to have a down year. So a lot of a, a lot of my takes are often really good when it comes to because I know the game, I know the game of baseball. But as they say again, in my cousin Vinny, win some, lose some, right? And this was certainly a take I took a hard loss on. There's no doubt about that. But Jay Happ and Jonathan Holder, I have had enough of these two guys. Just get them out of my face. And I really and again, I even tweeted this before as well. I. I hardly ever am really like over the top rude towards any Yankee player because they're on the team that I root for. I don't want to be rude to them, and I hardly ever am. But I also believe in calling out players when they deserve to be called out. And I am calling out Jonathan Holder and Jay Happ because they have not been good at all. At all. I had an uneasy feeling from the second that Jonathan Holder entered that game yesterday. And right when he was facing Alvarez, I was nervous. Alvarez is a is such a young stud, big time power hitter. He's a home run hitter. He got a hanging off speed pitch. He hit it to the moon. Luckily for him, Austin Romine and and Giancarlo Stanton came to life shortly after to bail him out. That didn't happen for Hap today because he buried the team right away, putting them down eight nothing. In the fourth inning, <laughs> there's really no getting out of that, no matter how good your offense is. Even though the offense still showed some life with DJ LeMahieu and an RBI ground up by Judge today. But still, I've just had it with these two. Just get them out of my face. I just don't want anything to do with them for now. I really don't. I've had enough of them. Jay Happ and Jonathan Holder. Absolute disasters. And I really hope Jonathan Holder did a lot of thanking to Romine and Giancarlo last night because they definitely deserve his thanks after picking him up like that. And that turned what was what looked like was going to be a much certainly much less stressful victory into a, a a hectic, stressful, intense game yesterday, which obviously was a win. So a win is a win. But still, my goodness, have I had enough of those two? But regardless, again, now let's look at the AL East again once the Rays, they're probably going to win against the A's today. I'm going to check up on the score again right now because, again, last time I looked, they're winning 8-1. to one. It was really, really, really ugly. And, yeah, right now it's the bottom of the fifth. It's 8-1 to one Rays. So they're going to win. And, again, I, I, I saw that pitching matchup also, Anderson against Ryan Stanek. I was like, uh, that's not good. Even though the A's jumped down in front, to begin with, Travis Darno, who I still don't even think should be a major league player, managed to hit a two-run homer. Avisayo Garcia followed up with an RBI double shortly after that. 
and and then it's just been history since. Then they just started to pile on again after that. But the A's have done pretty good against the Rays, so that's that's all right. They did okay this weekend. However, it's just now now you look at now you look at the standings and with the Yankees losing today, the Rays winning, the Rays will gain a game back. So here's your AL East picture after I assume the Rays will win later. The Yankees are in first. The Yankees are 49 and 28 as you probably well know. And they will have a four and a half game lead on Tampa after Tampa beats the A's today. And again, impressive considering that the week began with the Yankees only having a half a game lead over the Rays. Then you have Boston, who also lost to Toronto today. I believe they lost the series best two out of three, which when you're looking at Toronto, you know, when you see the Blue Jays, they're 20 games under 500. That's not good for a Red Sox team that's trying to make a comeback lately. Not really ideal to lose a weekend series like that, best two out of three. And they're just, of course, Boston's bullpen and their starting rotation just continues to shine, of course. <laughs> that being sarcastic, of course. So that's your that's your picture going forward. Boston right now, as they lost the weekend series to Toronto, is still eight games back. They were creeping up a little bit. They were as close as, I believe, six games at one point, but now they're right back down to eight. And if they want to keep on creeping up, you got to beat the bad teams too. That was the Yankees' struggle a lot last year. You know, they wouldn't beat the bad teams, and also they struggled a bit against the good teams, but especially teams like the Orioles. The Yankees couldn't beat them last year. And when you struggle against your division, and when you struggle against bad teams, a large part of the schedule is beating bad teams. You're not going to be as good as you could be. That's just the way of things. And the Yankees, everyone being so critical of the Yankees against, you know, winning teams, teams over the record of 500. Well, the Yankees' record against teams over 500 is well over 500 as well. They're doing fantastic against teams over 500, and they're beating the bad teams, and they're crushing their division. That's why the Yankees are where they are. The Rays have only won twice against us this year, I believe, against the Yanks. And Boston, in five games, has only won once. That could change, of course, with the London series coming up. But, of course, those are your AL Eastern Division standings right now. And looking forward, of course, as I said earlier, you have the Blue Jays coming to town starting tomorrow. I'll get the pitching matchup. I believe CC is pitching for tomorrow. Yes, that is correct. CC against Aaron Sanchez. So that's your pitching matchup tomorrow for against the Blue Jays for the first game. And after the Yankees finish with the Blue Jays, they have two days off again on their trip to London where they will face the Red Sox twice on Saturday and Sunday, which then, of course, shortly after that game on Sunday will come episode three of Yapping Yankees. But let's let's talk about finally, before the podcast ends, let's finish up on what happened at Old Timers Day. Well, the biggest reception, of course, definitely went to Mariano Rivera, and that's the story of the day, really. That is the story of the day. And all I'm saying is that you need to sign this man right now. (laughs) Because Mariano got a nice double play against Paul O'Neill. Got two double plays in the afternoon in the game. And then, and then, and then, and then, it wasn't done because he grabbed a bat and hit an inside-the-park home run. (laughs) 
Now, Mariano's very athletic, in case you don't know this about him or you didn't know this about him in his career. Because he also had a put-out in the outfield. He played center field because he spent a lot of his career shagging fly balls before games out in the outfield. That was also, if you remember, how he tore his ACL in 2012 in the season he originally wanted to retire in. But then he didn't want to end like that, rightfully so, so he came back in 2013 and ended things there. But, nonetheless, despite the ACL tear, he, he shagged fly balls for most of his career out there in center, and he figured to do it today, and he made a nice play out there, and the inside-the-park home run. Now, personally, I feel that every old-timers day, every single year, there's at least one at least one big moment that happens, whether it be a home run from Matsui or Damon or Paul O'Neill or somebody else. Well, this year's this year's big moment was Mariano Rivera's inside the park home run. And I don't know about you, but I personally love when they mic up the the booth guys, you know, Paul O'Neill, John Flaherty, David Cohn. When they mic them up, I I find it fun. I don't know, when when they talk to, to Flash when he's behind the plate, when they when they talk to David Cohn as he's pitching. Or, or like today, with, with Paul O'Neill being so vocal out in right field, and then and then having having his hands hurt really bad after he got jammed by Mariano Rivera's pitch inside. And also, one last thing about Mariano Rivera, you know, as far as pitching, when he faced Luis Soho, I, I don't know if you if you if you missed this, you need to go back and watch it. He gunned a couple of pitches, but he he threw hard. I mean, I don't know exactly how hard. Somebody probably has, has, you know, a radar gun on it and they know how hard it was. But I didn't hear a number on it just yet. But there were two pitches that he threw. And even Luis Soho looked at me. He was like, whoa, man. He was like, relax. <laughs> but Mariano sort of gave him a little bit of a nod. And he sort of went down in that iconic position he does and then taps his front foot. And then he let another hard one fly by him. I was like, look, he's still got the arm. <laughs> that hyped me up. Mariano is a big part of my life, and I've always, always loved and appreciated and, of course, respected him. He's an absolute legend. I loved when he went up in the Yankee booth during the actual game against the Astros, and watching him in this game was so much fun. And even, I mean, he had a huge smile on his face throughout the entire thing, which you expect. But he also had flashes in the game where he showed that he, he he still got a little bit of it left, and he still wants to be somewhat competitive and have a good time with it. And he had a little bit of all that, especially with the unbelievable reception he obviously received when he came out, when his name was announced, when he came out to the field. I mean, that's to be expected. Everyone goes absolutely crazy over Mariano, as would I. It was great to see him. He stole the show with Old Timers Day and the Old Timers game. And it was just fun. It was another It was another solid Old Timers Day. And this is really a tradition that I hope the Yankees keep forever. It's been going on, I believe this is the 73rd Old Timers Day. And it's it's just such a great tradition. Even Mariano said that when he was a player, this would be probably the day that he would look most forward to throughout the season because he gets to see all the guys come back, the legends and everything, and spend time with them. But now this is his first time doing it. He said, I've been waiting for this day forever, and now it's finally here. And it's absolutely crazy. I just had such a good time. And it was just great to see it. It honestly almost choked me up seeing Mariano out there as, you know, being a part of Old Timers Day. I just miss him so much. And... When I saw Grady was playing, picked up the bat, put out a nice put out in center field, and how he pitched. And then, of course, again, when he when he gunned those two pitches by Louis Soho, I was just, I, w- I was at my TV saying, sign the man! Just sign him! <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, it's just the the nostalgic feels. I just, I can't help it. I absolutely cannot help it. But overall, again, one final quick recap before we end this edition of Yapping Yankees, episode two, winning and more returns, which by the way, speaking again of more returns, so good to have Judge and Stanton back. Judge is yet to really get it going with the bat, but he had a great put out throwing Max Stassi out last night and... I even tweeted on Twitter, when are people going to learn not to run on Aaron Judge? I mean, it should just be common knowledge at this point. What are you, a rookie? You don't run on Aaron Judge. You just don't. He's going he's gonna to gun you out from out there. And he threw a strike. A st- it literally could not have been a better throw. It could not have been a better throw to Didi last night. A strike to second base to get Max Stasio trying to stretch a single into a double. Not smart. Not when Judge is out there. Not a smart thing to do. And, of course, Stanton putting the Yankees in the lead twice last night. That was huge. So welcome back to the both of them. And hopefully their returns continue to have the Yankees winning on and on. So, again, looking forward. Three games against the Blue Jays coming up. Two days off. And then Saturday and Sunday against the Red Sox in London. And the Yankees will come back home to the United States and face the Mets in City Field twice on Tuesday and Wednesday, July 2nd and July 3rd. And they continue on the road against the Rays after that, then come home against the Blue Jays again, and so on and so forth. We'll get to it as the new editions of Yapping Yankees comes around. And, and before I go, I actually forgot to say this at the beginning because you're know, just going through all the positivity and everything. I did get one question asking why I named the show Yapping Yankees. And it was because of actually a very good friend of mine. I'll give her the shout-out. I gave her a shout-out when I posted the show to Facebook last week. But my very close friend, Stephanie Cassidy, she she gave the name Yakking Yankees. And I took that and basically just worked with it and said, I, I'm going to just change it to Yapping. But the, the original idea from, you know, the sort of sound of the name, you know, just the YY something Yankees, you know, that, that was from my friend Steph. So she came up with Yakking Yankees, which I didn't think was bad. But then I just changed it to Yapping Yankees and I was like, that, that's the name right there. You almost feel a connection with it. <laughs> so, shout out to Steph as well as long as as you know as I answer that question as well. That could work as a shout out. Very very little nice sort of pairing there. So that was the question I got. But again, for next week's show, and I will keep reminding you on social media as well. If you have any questions that you want to ask me, if you have any comments or concerns or anything regarding the show or the Yankees, I don't care what it is. DM me on Twitter. That's the mailbox for the show for now until I, of course, as the show grows and continues on, until I expand it a bit more and start, you know, getting guests, maybe some calls going, and we'll see what happens. But until then, my Twitter DMs are the mailbox for the show. So put anything you want in there. At Mike Scudero on Twitter. I'm like seven followers away from 1,500. Can you get me there? (laughs) Next couple of days, maybe? That would be nice. Really looking good. I didn't expect to get half that following, by the way, on Twitter. It's pretty incredible. But just be sure to DM me, at Mike Scudero on Twitter, if you have any questions for me at all. Or you can, if you only can contact me on Instagram or Facebook as well, you could private message me on those two. I'll be willing to do that. This show is uploaded to SoundCloud, of course, Michael Scudero, my SoundCloud page. And I post the link to it on my Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. And my personal page, Mike Scudero on Facebook, I post it to Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and I post it 
I, I let everybody know on my Instagram story, which my Instagram is MikeScuds97. And the link to my SoundCloud page on my Instagram where you could find Yapping Yankees and all my past shows from college radio, the link to that is in my Instagram bio. So again, this is the second episode of Yapping Yankees. This was a lot of fun. And again, we went a long time. We went over 40 minutes, not quite as long as episode one, but episode two still had its length. There was a lot to talk about today. Again, we're not on a timer here, just having fun. However, short or long, the show goes. So once again, thank you so, so much for listening to Yapping Yankees today on this beautiful Sunday, June 23rd on Old Timers Day. I hope you've enjoyed your day. I hope you've enjoyed the weather. It's been really, really nice out. And of course, the next episode of Yapping Yankees, episode three, will be on my SoundCloud page next Sunday, June 30th. So until then... I am Mike Scudero signing off, and thank you again so much for listening to Yapping Yankees, and I will talk to you next week. Take care.